All right, welcome everybody to our next edition of Ensign to the Nations. This is where us, our family, our Ensign family, Allison and Kurt and Jack and Luke and Jonah and Maya, we all get together, we're around the table, we talk about uh, the next lesson for Come Follow Me. The next lesson for Come Follow Me is called A Mighty Change, and it is from Mosiah 4 through 6. This is April 20th through the 26th. So we're excited to hear, uh, hear from everybody and talk about this. Um, you know, this is right after King Benjamin uh, addressed everybody. And then, you know, sometimes we hear a speaker in general conference or sacrament meeting or a fireside or something, and it, it, um, it, 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 it makes you motivated to uh, make a change or start something new. Right? And maybe maybe you started it, but you didn't continue, but at least you're motivated to make a change. Maya, you had said earlier when we talked about this that you had an experience like that. Yeah, somebody said something, and it motivated you and inspired you to do some change. You don't remember what it was? Oh, yeah, 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 um, in, in church, I don't remember who was talking, but a speaker was talking, and it was, like, right before New Year's Eve, and... Uh, I was, and they were talking about their goals and everything for a church, and I remembered that I needed to do that, and so I decided to make goals. Right, so that's something that inspired you. I can remember when Elder Sinclair of the 70 came to our district conference in Traverse City, and do you remember, you were there, I'm fairly sure, and you were there, I think. Um, it was this uh, youth fireside afterwards, do you remember, and he was talking about how his family planted a pineapple. Remember that? Oh. Yeah. And it's very difficult. And there's yeah, no way he could plant a pineapple. So and then they had a tree. But he did it, right? They worked very hard. And what was the end of that? They got pineapple. And they got to eat that pineapple. They loved it and they enjoyed it. So it was very hard. And that was the message for it is sometimes there's hard things in life, but that we can work on it and we can do it. <laughs> anyway, what have we done that's been hard? Hasn't moving here to Utah been very hard? Really. It's been pretty hard. There's no. been a lot of things. Getting a new job. Mom's starting a new job. There's a lot of things that we've done that uh, are hard. Anyway, the Nephites had just heard an inspirational talk by Benjamin, and it motivated them. So let's discuss how it affected them, not only right after the conference, but for weeks and months and years afterwards. So, uh, first of all, we're going to hear from Jonah about how uh, we retain the remission of our sins. All right, so a lot of people, um, they, they become baptized, and then they, um, they have their sins forgiven, but then they have trouble keeping on the path and don't uh, stay in the church. But King Benjamin taught how we can both receive and retain our sins and uh, the most important part is in verse 11 when I think when he says that um, uh, even so I would that you should remember and always retain in remembrance the greatness of God and your own nothingness and his goodness and long suffering towards you unworthy creatures and humble yourselves even in the depths of humility calling on the name of the Lord daily and, st and standing steadfastly in the faith of that which is to come so that's like important to keep on the path that we know that we need to be humble and realize that we are nothing and that God is everything. That's right. That's an interesting way to put it, though. Nobody really ever thinks about that's how you make your keep a retain retaining this uh, this uh, this remission of your sins. 
but it's really just to be humble. How many people do you know who have joined the church but then aren't humble and don't continue to change and then they fall away? Humility is, 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 is a real big thing. You know what? One thing I, I just wanted to say about those verses in 1 through 12, the very first verse the very first verse talks about King Benjamin, and he said, It came to pass that when King Benjamin had made an end of speaking the words which had been delivered unto him by the angel of the Lord, that he cast his eyes round about on the multitude, and beheld they had fallen to the earth, for the fear of the Lord had come upon them. And then he said he wanted to know what the people thought. So that's kind of like President Nelson sending out an email to everybody in the world that listened to him and said, So what did you think, Jack? What would you think about General Conference? What would you think about my message? You know? Anyway, King Benjamin did that, and all the people came back saying, oh, we loved it, and, and, and we want a remission of our sins, and we want to repent. Anyway, so that's also a reason why I'm going to continue to follow up with everybody about what our favorite talk in General Conference was, because following up after a General Conference is important, says King Benjamin. All right, the Spirit of the Lord can cause a mighty change in heart. Allison. Yes, this is one of my favorite scriptures in all of the standard works. So I'm very glad that um, I get the chance to talk about that this week. It is a wonderful message and chapter here in Mosiah where King Benjamin is teaching about what a mighty change of heart means as far as the gospel and coming unto Christ. And one of my favorite scriptures here is actually in chapter 5, verse 2. And they all cried with one voice, saying, Yea, we believe all the words which thou hast spoken unto us. And also we know of their surety and truth, because of the Spirit of the Lord omnipotent, which has wrought a mighty change in us, or in our hearts. And we have no more disposition to do evil, but to do good continually. So I feel like that is a great description of what that mighty change is. You don't even want to do evil anymore. You you want to do good. That's what the, the Spirit can do. The Spirit of the Lord, as that scripture talked about. It changes you. We, we think about change and sometimes, especially as we get older, we feel like, oh, I'm just the way that I am. I can't help it. I can't change anything. Well, the Spirit of the Lord can change us and change our very desires and our disposition. And then in um, verse 4, And it is the faith which we have had on the things which our king has spoken unto us that has brought us to this great knowledge, whereby we do rejoice with such exceedingly great joy. So it's just such a wonderful message about how um, the Spirit of the Lord can change us and can really bring great joy and this disposition to do good continually. And as Maya and Kurt talked about at the beginning, um, those great moments in our lives where the Spirit does testify to us, um, they gave some great examples of how that's happened in their lives. And it can be um, a huge event. It can be something, gosh, I don't know, maybe you're on a, a life or death situation and somehow the Spirit carries you through that and helps you make a decision to actually do something like save a life or change the direction of your entire course of life. But but more often than not, I think it's a, this accumulation of small things 
that um, you may feel here and there as you attend church, read your scriptures every day, say your prayers, your testimony is built. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is it more uh, a big event? Do those big events tend to be more powerful in causing that change of heart? Or is it an accumulation of all the little things? I don't know. What do you think? I think you have to have both. Um, I think most of the time you have to, um, I think to have a, to have a testimony, you have to have those big events to look back on and to, um, remember, oh yeah, that happened in my life. This is when your testimony is low, you can recall on how you felt back then, but also to get your testimony in a high place where you can, um, where that's solid, uh, you have to have a foundation, and those surf, those big moments aren't enough for the foundation. Um, at least to me, they aren't. Um, so you have to have a lot of, you have to have a lot of little things that all add up for the foundation. But to really grow your testimony, you have to have those big things. I think you're right. I think there's a couple of, th- and, and the way I, when I read that question, what have, what big things have you had, and or are they gradual things? I actually thought of a big thing in my life that was more sort of a gradual thing, but that was going on my mission. So here was two years of my life that that right there was a pretty big thing, and that was a mighty change in my heart, and it changed my testimony, and it and it strengthened it, and it built me to be the person that I am right now. That was a mighty change right there is going on my mission. Uh, it was not one single thing that quickly happened, but it went over you know a whole large time. And I do think that you're supposed to be uh, remembering things. Somebody gave a talk in, that, in the general conference about remembering and remembering all those good things. Okay, now I'm going to turn some time over to Maya. Okay, so my topic was I take upon my myself the name of Christ when I make covenants. One reason King Benjamin wanted to address his people was to was to take the name of Christ. Um, what I think that means is, like for example. Uh, it's like how your father or somebody, uh, you take the name of their last name. So it's kind of like that with Heavenly Father and everybody else on the earth because you take the name of him. Um, so there's a, there's a talk by Elder T. Dog Christofferson. He taught the source of moral and spiritual power is God. Our access is that power is through our covenants with him. Um, speaking of covenants, I think what covenants means is t- to like to to get baptized and to and to go to the temple and to take the sacrament. Um, so um, and so if you do all that stuff, then, uh, then you will be on the right hand of God. And what that means is that, is that you can go to heaven, I think. And, and that, and all that means that blessings of taking name of Christ. So they're all blessings that you can get when uh, when you are taking the right hand of Christ and following his co- covenants. 
Yeah, that, that's really good. That there's a, It actually lists a whole bunch of blessings that come when you keep your covenants. You don't get the wrath of God. You don't have never-ending torment. Those are pretty good things. It says you're free. It says you are found at the right hand of God. It says you're sealed as Christ, which goes along with what Maya was talking about with a family, and you take on the last name. We're taken upon Christ's name. We're sealed to him like we're sealed to a family. You're brought to heaven, and you have eternal life, and you have eternal salvation. So great blessings of keeping your covenants. All right, Jack's going to talk a little bit about um, what he read when he read these scriptures. Uh, so I read, uh, my little section was uh, verses 9 through 12 of Mosiah 4. And I think the most important little section, is, a little bit, is in 11 and 12. Um, uh, King Benjamin says to the people that even if, like even if like you are feeling joyful and you have your souls joy in your souls and you have received remission for your sins and everything it's still important to be able to retain the in remembrance the mission of sin and the greatness of god and to remember um that you are nothing really compared to god and in his goodness and long suffering towards you un, us unworthy creatures and we have to humble ourselves and be have humility and make sure that we talk to God every day and stand steadfast in the faith that which is to come, which is spoken by the mouth of the angel. And that's all important is because in the next verse he says, and I say unto you that if you do all this, you will rejoice and be filled with the love of God and always retain a remission of your sins. And you shall grow in the knowledge of the glory of him that created you or in the knowledge of that which is just and true. And I liked that because it rhymed. And it was just a fun little thing. And it's, a, it's an uplifting part. It's not just like, oh, you're nothing. God is everything. It's also you will get the knowledge. You can gain knowledge in the glory of God and everything through understanding where God is and who you are and how to pro properly keep the uh, the and retain the remembrance that God is great right I don't know about you when you read that part in Benjamin where he Benjamin's saying hey you guys are nothing remember that that you're the dust of the earth you're you're nothing and it, it's a little hard to take but you're right he gets comes back with all these great blessings of being humble and, and, and retaining a remission of your sins. All right, Luke's uh, going to tell us now a little bit about what he talked about. So the scriptures that I chose to read about um, were Mosiah 4, 16 through 26. And a lot of these scriptures reiterated what Jack and Jonah were talking about, how we need to be humble and how we all are at the mercy of God. But the part that I'd really like to focus on is Mosiah 4.26. And that says, And now for the sake of these things which I have so spoken unto you, that is, for the sake of retaining a, retaining a remission of your sins for the day to, for day to day, from day to day, that ye may walk guiltless before God, I would that ye should impart of your substance to the poor, every man according to that which he hath, such as feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, visiting the sick, and administering to their relief, both spiritually and temporally, according to their wants. Um, the part that I that stuck out to me is when it said that ye may walk guiltless before God. And um, it's so when we 
uh, during Judgment Day, what's really going to happen is that we are going to be in the presence of God, and then we, um, this is all described in Doctrine and Covenants, um, we're going to be in the presence of God, and then based on how much we can, how much of his presence we can, um, we can take, that's what will determine our, where we go to heaven, which, which kingdom we go into heaven. And that's all, that, 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 that's all very, um, it's all very, <coughs> it's now I want to say vague when it's described in the scriptures, but that is one of, that, that is something that could be how we, um, are judged. Um, but anyway, the part that r- relates to that is when it says you may walk guiltless before God. So one of the ways that we have to, one of the things that we have to do in order to get into the celestial kingdom is do exactly what is, what was described here. And that is impart of your substance to the poor and every man, according to that, which he hath feeding the hungry, clothing the naked and all that. Um, we have to do that to be able to get into the celestial kingdom. So it's not just something that we should do. It's something that we have to do to be saved. Um, and that doesn't mean that we have to give charity or something like that. That is not, that's not what that's saying. It's saying that we have to give service and give, and, and give what we have to the people around us. I also really agree with what Luke's saying and like those particular scriptures there where um, it does talk about giving of ourselves. And um, I like where it asks the question, well, you know, it it, it talks about how we, we need to give to people around us that are asking for help and how we may be tempted to say, well, that person doesn't really deserve it. They brought this upon themselves. So whether that be money, food, whatever they need, and maybe they have brought it unto themselves in some ways. Um, you know, maybe they made poor choices. Maybe they went gambling and wasted some of their money and now they don't have money to buy their own food. And we may sit and think, well, why should I give my food and money to this person that made really bad choices and I haven't made any bad choices and so I just think that's such a great thought and you know that's not that this is telling us I think is that that's not our concern that we do need to give um, of our substance to people and if we have those thoughts in our head then we need to repent of them because the next scripture in 19 says, are we not all beggars? Do we not all depend upon the same being, even God for the substance which we have? So, you know, we may think for a moment, well, I've got this house, I've got this money that I've earned. I don't need to give it away. It's mine. I earned it, but that can be taken away from us really quickly. And we may become beggars ourselves and, I don't know, with this COVID-19 that's going around right now, we may be humbled a little bit thinking that, well, I was walking thinking I was a pretty comfortable person. There's nothing that could ever go wrong for me. I have a job. I have food. I have everything set. Well, things can change in the blink of an eye, and we may be beggars ourselves. Those things could be taken away. So I thought that was a good scripture there. Thanks, Luke. And with that, also, we can think about Jesus's time on earth, and if he was really 
that selective with the people that he helped. It was he didn't look upon people's past and judge them according to that. They, he looked upon their faith, and if they um, were willing to receive his blessings, and that's when he would help them. And that's when and he helped he helped everybody that was willing to receive that help, and not only not 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 only the people who had lived completely righteous lives. So what's a good rule of thumb then to always use when you're helping people or thinking about helping people? If they're willing to receive that help. And the way that Jesus would think of them. Yeah. You think of them the way that you think Heavenly Father Jesus would think of them. And you're always going to be Christ-like in that way. All right, Allison, wrap it up. Oh, are we done? Oh, that's everybody already, huh? All right. Awesome. This is a wonderful lesson on a mighty change from Mosiah. Um, thank you, everyone, for sharing your great thoughts and messages. Jonah talked about how we need to retain on the remission of our sins. And after baptism, when we're perfectly clean, we need to stay strong. And then my part was that mighty change of heart. We talked about how what a mighty thing the Spirit of the Lord can do. Um, the Holy Ghost can change us and change our very dispositions and find joy in the gospel. And Maya talked about taking upon the name of Christ and the blessings that follow when we obey our covenants. And Jack talked um, also about staying humble after this change of heart has occurred and staying steadfast so that we're on the path to the glory of God. And then Luke um, did a great job talking about serving our one another and giving of ourselves and how important that is to uh, becoming Christ-like. So I just wanted to sum it all up with a quote by our prophet, President Russell M. Nelson. He said, we can change our behavior. Our very desires can change. True change, permanent change, can only come through the healing, cleansing, and enabling power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of change. And that's what it's all about. Our Savior Jesus Christ and how he is the perfect example of how we can change our hearts. And he is also the enabling power behind that process. So thank you for joining in. This has been a wonderful topic and a great edition of 